Jess Corcoran. And I'm Laura McCann. Welcome to the Thriving While Nine to Fiving podcast. Welcome to episode eight of the podcast. I can't believe we're on episode eight already. Like, you know, I'm sure you probably relate that this year sort of gone really slow with lockdown, but then really fast at the same time. The fact that we're nearly in May. Oh, we'll be in May by the time this podcast goes out. Oh yeah, we will. Oh my goodness. Wow. That's like the fifth month of the year. Yeah, and also <laughs> Sorry, that's really stupid. <laughs> Duh. That's the fifth month of the year, Laura. And also, May is also the best month of the year because it was when I was born. So, I mean, you know. that's just really rude because obviously I was born in April. So I feel like we can just say spring is the best season rather than getting all like picky about a month. All right, fine then. But to be fair, like we do have great month birthdays. Like April, May, June are the best times of the year to have birthdays in my opinion because the weather's lovely. But it's not, yeah. you know, not too hot, not like sticky. And also... If you get birthday money, you know, pretty much you did when you was a kid. Yeah. You get your Christmas money and then you get the birthday money in Cosme. It's like, I know it's not exactly the middle, but it's kind of there. By the time you spend your Christmas money as a kid, you get birthday money to top you up. Yeah. Do you know, I loved it, like, in the academic year as well. So, like, you had your big deal of going back to school in September. Then, like, four months later, you had your big deal, which was Christmas. Mm -hmm. Then, like, four months later, I'd have my big deal, which is my birthday. And then, like, four months later, you'd have your big deal, which is the summer holidays. Yeah. Perfect, isn't it? Yeah. Well done, our parents. Us, like, control freaks with this desire to, like, have everything (laughs) scheduled in life. Um, But, yeah, so we'll kick straight off then. Um, Laura, tell me about some of your weekly wins or bi-weekly wins because we do this every two weeks. Go on, kick us off. So I have had, do you know what? Like it's not even a major achievement. The closest thing I've had to an achievement, I think in the past couple of weeks is finding the Scouse Prinny Rammers Spotify playlist, which officially gets me through a lot of days and gym sessions and just get on it, kids. It's amazing. Um, You don't have to be a Scouse Prinny to enjoy it, but like, it will bring out the scouse pretty in you. And oh, okay. <laughs> who doesn't who doesn't need that? I know you're an Apple girl, Jess, but like honestly, just have a Spotify moment with this playlist. You deserve it. I only have an Apple account, right, to be fair, because my husband pays for it and I'm tight. <laughs> That's the only reason why I've got I want Spotify because he sends you that roundup every year and everyone puts it on Instagram and I feel dead jealous because Apple doesn't do that, but yeah. I'll get on Spotify to listen to this playlist. Just for that. Um, but yeah, like mostly I've just been having like really nice times. Um, so obviously last time we did this, I was a couple of days into being back in Liverpool. Um, and then I had a few more days there after it and it was just gorgeous. Like it was so, so lovely to sit and be with people. And it was that whole thing as well of like everybody I saw, I could trust that we were doing it properly. We were doing it safely. Like, none of my friends are the sort of people that would have completely, like, broken rules and been really irresponsible. Like, I felt comfortable, you know, sitting in a park with them, sitting in their garden, that kind of thing. It's so lovely that you can have people around you that you trust, obviously. Um, And, yeah, like, even though I only actually had one day's annual leave in, like, the whole sort of six days that I was there, I came back feeling like I'd... I've been on holiday or something because it was that whole complete change of scenery and also just like that subconscious stress that I hadn't really recognized I had but completely went like I was completely at peace like it is that thing of you know even when I I did study abroad in Texas for a semester so I was away 
from middle of August until like two days before Christmas. So that was probably a similar time to what this has been. But like my mum and dad came and visited me for October half term and stuff. There was little, and it wasn't so much a thing of like, oh, I wasn't allowed to go home. I was just very, like, I was in a different country. Yeah, and really and that was away. that was my time of like, it was, do you know what, control freak and all that kind of thing as well. Like that was my choice. That's what I decided yeah. to do. That's what I committed to. Like, who are you, COVID and Boris Johnson telling me I can't have a hug off my dad? Like, have you met my dad and had his hugs? Like, I want to hug off him. So <laughs> <laughs> it was all that kind of stuff. And I think, but I think that's the thing because I am so enjoying my life in London and, you know, cracking on really well there. And I didn't necessarily notice that I was concerned in those ways. Yeah. So just being able to go and like, oh, I haven't rested like that in so long. And it was just amazing. I'm glad you had a good time. Thanks. What's your highs for the past couple of weeks then? Um, I think like one of them is just that like we can do stuff again. And yeah. I don't mean like a big fancy life like I, I'm not looking for that but um yeah so on you know that weekend when um things opened like took my nan to New Brighton and we had lunch outside in our favorite restaurant and you know we went for a little walk and I'd also got my nails done and you know like you know not like these big massive grand things you know we took them for granted in 2019 and all the years before but to get out and to do stuff um to like make plans is just it's like I think that that first weekend it's like I did a few things like not big things but I was like oh so there's this thing that you do on the weekends and it's like you actually do stuff and you feel like you actually have a break from work because all of them lockdown weekends particularly lockdown 3.0 I feel like everyone found that the hardest one but it was like you just got so used to like having these five days of work and then almost like two days of a walk and sitting on the couch, maybe doing a bit of cleaning and then you're back to work again. And there was was never any, like, nothing was ever different. Um, So I think that's lovely. And it was my nan's birthday as well on Sunday. We had a little party. I made everyone come in slots like like the goody two-shoes I am. Um, So that was really nice as well. She was 85. Um, So, yeah, just, like, being able to do things that, like, I knew one day again that we'd be able to do. But, you know, back last March or April, whatever, it felt like we were never going to get back to this. So, yeah, all praise the scientists that have worked night and day to give us the vaccine. And yeah. I suppose as well, thinking of all the other countries in the world, particularly India at the moment as well, where, you know, it's an absolutely horrific situation and... You know, our thoughts and prayers are with anyone who knows someone there who lives there. But yeah, we, you know, we're sort of we're sort of coming out the other side of it now, aren't we? And I suppose other countries aren't, so we need to be mindful of that. But it's lovely for it's lovely for us to be able to do stuff again. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, it is, and you want to just kind of jump into that and benefit from it because as much as like the virus is a, a physical thing, there are mental sides to it too. Like you can't be locked in forever. Like it's just not good for anybody. Um. But I just, I hope that us as a country that's moving forward starts to actually be a positive leader as well and like helping those other countries that need it. Because there are bits where it's just getting really political and like whatever. And to be honest, I just think we need to stop caring and just need to look after each other. I know, Laura, if only everyone else agreed with our, you know, very simple outlook on life that, you know, everyone deserves 
a nice life. <laughs> <laughs> when we rule the world. <laughs> when we rule the world. Yes. Not if. When we rule when. the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Actually, I've just thought of another quick weekly win before I jump in. So, and my husband got, I say husband, even though I know you know him, but people listening don't, so I feel like we're just calling him by his name. But he got a tax rebate. <laughs> so he got a few hundred pounds. So we're going to book a little spa break for our wedding anniversary in August. And I'm just so excited to like go to yeah. a hotel. Like, ah! So yeah, like, and isn't it even better when you don't actually, it's like free money. Oh yeah, absolutely. But if you want me to look you some good stuff up, give me a shout. Oh yeah. And Laura's travel you... business, everyone. <laughs> Laura yeah. meets World One Three on Instagram. <laughs> I know where I'm going, but we can discuss it after after oh, the okay, podcast cool. and see if you can, you know, do the things. Sort you something out. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like, no, because I was gonna say I bet like I'll sort you something out. But I'd, if you didn't have an idea, I'd have had nose. But yeah, uh, okay. amazing. I um, mean, if you can get me to New York for three hundred pound, like I am there, but I don't really think that that is an option. We'll we'll we'll, we'll put it out Thanks. there, Thanks. and we'll just see what happens with it. Yeah, put it but, into um, the universe. Yeah, exactly. You know, God's listening. Miracles. Let's Boom. Go. Boom. But that's so lovely for you both. Like. I think it's well, like, it's nice to do stuff, isn't it, for your wedding anniversary? You should be able to market properly and those sorts of things. So amazing that you can. Yeah, I mean, it's got, like, worse every year. So we got married in New York. We celebrated one year in Rome, two years in pandemic life, Edinburgh, third year, Leeds. (laughs) (laughs) The only way's up, eh? The only way's up. Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Can't wait. It's like, one of the, what is it, where it's, you're supposed to get different things for each anniversary, yeah, aren't you? Yeah, so, like, yeah. your first one is paper. I mean, so yeah. you've done it in the wrong order, really, because, like, you meant to build up to, like, yeah. diamonds and crap, whereas you're just like, nah, we'll start with the diamonds and finish with a pebble. So, um, moving on to the shredded part of our podcast. Um, So, this week, actually, um, Jess and I, I don't know if you know, we do a little bit of we do some planning before this. <laughs> some. Highly doubt you can tell. We, um, yeah, we literally have like a spreadsheet with the sections on and we'll put like two bullet points in each bit just so, you know, we don't go completely off track. But also for moments like this where one of us puts something and then the other one goes, oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> so basically this week, not even on a scapegoat sense, but as soon as Jess says what she's putting in the shredder, you will understand why I am jumping on this too. Because <laughs> absolutely... <laughs> It couldn't be truer. Yeah, so what I want to put in shredder, and first I want to say, I love the fact that the shredder is this thing, right, where, like, we just put it in, and then, like, it doesn't, it's gone. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? No it's explanation. Like, no, no fixing yeah. the problem. It's and I just, love it. Yeah, it's what it, we need. It, it gives you a dream of what the world could be in the future. <laughs> so what I want to put in the shredder this week, it's like, why do we have so few holidays? Like, like you know it's things like you see companies and they say like generous holiday package of 20 days a year plus bank holiday and i feel like saying yeah mate that's law it's not generous that that is law that is it and even you know 25 or 30 really like you know what we keep coming back to on this podcast is like how the working world needs to change for you know society that exists in the moment to enable us to be happier healthier people um we keep coming back to that and i think that comes back to like why are we so restricted on holidays i get that we're there to earn a wage and we you know it's it's yeah. that exchange but ultimately you know like 
companies you've seen the likes of Virgin and other places like that they give their employees like unlimited time off for them to pick and choose how they use to spend it and what they want to do with it yeah and I just think like why why aren't more places doing that because really comes back to it you're getting your work done you're hitting targets you know you're achieving what you need to achieve yeah what does it matter here or there if there's an extra week off because you know like you said you had that one day annual leave but you know you're working from home 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 Mm -hmm. the rest of the time like imagine maybe if you had the opportunity to have like five days off without thinking oh well that means I can't have other time off later in the year maybe you come back even more refreshed and even more motivated and more productive and you know I think like sick days and stuff like that would go down as well because you know people make probably like mental health issues as well because you'd have people going do you know what I'm not feeling great I'm just gonna take two days off work yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to take it slow, going to meet a friend for lunch, I'm going to, you know, sort sort of sort of room out in the house, I'm going to do stuff like that, and actually then you come back better and happier, and ultimately, surely it increases um, employee loyalty, because you've got such good benefits that you want to say, and you know, you know, you're valued, and you're seen as an individual, rather than just another number in a massive corporate organisation, so yeah. yeah yeah actually because I've had times like before like so the first job I was in um I went to New York the first time and then I was leaving and then it's like uh, I think like my final pay was like really reduced because I'd taken like two extra days holiday but by the time that the calendar you know like the way the holiday calendar works yeah obviously sometimes if you leave in the middle of the year you've perhaps taken more holidays than you've acquired for that part of the year yeah you were planning on staying you know for the whole year whatever so it's it's just things like that like I just think why can't we have more holidays basically because it baffles me as well right where like with school and stuff, so you're literally preparing people. And and I understand not everybody has children, so this isn't necessarily, like, the way to do it. But, like, you're preparing children for the future. You're preparing young adults to through, like, university and stuff like that for the future. And then you'll get, like, four months off a year. Oh, like, how are you preparing people for the future and then telling me that the future is mostly spent in the workplace? Like, it just does not add up. Exactly, Lauren. Exactly. Like, they get a week off every six weeks. Like, I have burnout too. I yeah. actually understand what's going on in the world. I'm not doing me times tables. Like, I have, like, world problems, exactly. me problems, and work problems. Exactly. Like, when we rule the world, get your job done. I'm not asked how much you go on holiday. Exactly. I'll be there too. <laughs> yeah, me too, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that is so true, Laura, what you say, though. Like, we, we build people up, don't we, to this, like, six weeks, and then suddenly you're you ploughed into an organisation where, what, you get, like, maybe like four weeks off a year which if you like you know bank holidays smattered about the place like that is not yeah imagine if we all had six weeks off like everyone so people who had kids could spend time with the kids on half term you know everyone would be happy we'd all be healthier we'd all spend more money more money the economy would be booming yeah i also think as well like you should be able to accrue sabbaticals one billion percent so like say for because at the moment so the way it works the way it goes where i work is like you get 25 days a year, but you can buy or carry over up to five. So yeah. ultimately you could have 30 in a year and that's your absolute maximum, right? But like, so say for example, I'd bought an extra five this year, so I had 30 and I used like 28 or something. 
I feel like, I don't know, like, those next two next year, if they didn't get used, they just roll on and roll on. But I feel like there should be a way you can do it where you can say, like, every five years or something, you can go away for X amount of time. So when I, I did a cycle trip between Vietnam and Cambodia last February, and um, it was, like, one of these group tour things with basically a bunch of strangers, but it was done through this company called G-Adventures. And um, I didn't just turn up in Southeast Asia with a bike and... <laughs> I'm <Annie>. surprised. <laughs> yeah. This one time, I walked into a bar <laughs> with my bicycle, <laughs> and I said to someone, "Do you want to go to Phnom Penh?" Um, <laughs> but no. So the the woman that I was sharing a room with, she was um, a journalist with the Guardian. Thank goodness. Um, <laughs> you imagine? So I shared a room with a journalist from the like. The Daily Mail. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Um, <laughs> no. So yeah, and she was saying that the way that it, that's what would work for them. I think it was like you had to be there four years or something, and then they gave you like six weeks. Like in your fifth year, they then give you six weeks and stuff. No, obviously we're saying in an absolute ideal world that that would be like you'd get that every year. But I do think that companies could think about it as like yeah, a reward. You know, like you were saying about loyalty and stuff. Just add that extra bit of kind of reward into it and make it happen oh 100 percent. like let's get on this like and jess and laura world this is going in and so so few holidays is going in the shredder unlimited holidays for everyone i co-sign it's that like, it's like week by week we're making a political manifesto and i am totally <laughs> okay with it totally okay with it <laughs> For this week's discussion, what we're going to talk about is some stuff that we sort of seen on Twitter, and you know, it's obviously it's a very, it's a very topical um, discussion at all times, really. But we want to chat about how will women ever advance in the workplace when the system's set up in society in the workplace? You know, everything you know seems to work against them. So I'd love to know your thoughts, Laura, on you know how how do we tackle this? I think there's a lot of different sides to it and a lot of it kind of needs pulling apart a little bit. There's there's the whole, like, oh, my goodness, everything is against women, where I think, nah, I don't think everything is. I completely agree certain things are, but, like, we can't... That can't that, it gets a bit victim mentality to me, and I think not that women haven't been chat on a bit in the workplace and not that it isn't hasn't been made difficult as, like, my points will elaborate on but I also do feel like particularly for younger generations where things have you know for us been that bit fairer it's not as difficult as it was and we we need to recognize that progress like you know it, it's not necessarily the easiest thing in the world now but it's still easier than it was so we need to keep saying you know we're going in the right direction let's keep going um but and as well like particularly because a lot of it does come down to like the childcare side of things so women were well no you just have a baby and you stay at home and full stop like your job is housework um and like raising children and obviously that's now changed and we're getting more into like flexible working patterns and things like that for women who have children but there is also then the thing of well what about men who have children because they don't get those things so I think it's kind of just a we need to get out of this work is central to life mentality I think ultimately is kind of the biggest point on it 
um and just see that you know it's not about like oh is this really difficult for one gen like one gender or like one whole group of people and like make these massive generalizations and go oh well, glass ceilings need to be shattered for this 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 and this like it's just not about that i think the whole point of everything is is that the world needs to go round <laughs> in a certain way and there are things there are things we've got used to as humans we have banks we have like clothing makers we have technology providers we have um you know alcohol businesses we've got food you know there are things that we are used to and we want in our lives and they need to exist and for them to exist people have to make them happen and for us to enjoy them we have to make money to go and like be part of them so all of that goes around uh, okay well you need a job then and that's fine but I think it's all supposed to really be about us making the most of our lives and you can only do that from an individual standpoint the way that I make the most of my life is completely different to the way that you make the most of your life despite the fact we went to the same high school we are only children we are white women who are you know 26 27 well you're only 26 you know mid-20s um we're in marketing all that kind of stuff like you and I have so many similarities as we've mentioned before and joked about but I still want different things out of my job and my best life still looks different to you and yours and it should do so absolutely I don't want to be going to work for 80 pence of the pound of the man next to me but also I'm not going to sit there and say what I want out of this is the same as that person just because they've also got fallopian tubes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, that makes total sense. I get you. Yeah, how do you feel about it? I feel like I agree with what you're saying, but I really do feel like men need to step up. Okay. That That's that's how I feel. And that's not, that is not, I don't want to like... Do you mean it in an ally way? Like back us or just do better? Do better. Okay. I think it's a notice their shortcomings and do better. And I don't mean that. I'm not saying every man in the world behaves in that way. I'm not saying that. But, you know, I feel like I read about it and it's replicated time and time again. I see in relationships that a lot of work falls to women. And it's the, I suppose part of it is like societal expectations as well. Because I think, so keep talking about my husband tonight don't I but like say it's one of his family members birthdays mm-hmm. say he doesn't buy them a card and a present or it's two days late or whatever that really I I feel the burden on me as his wife do you know what I mean and I see that time yeah. and time again reflected in um friends and you know family members that are in are in them like relationships i see that if almost falls down to the woman's work of you know who's gonna plan what we'll have them for christmas um for christmas dinner you know who's gonna buy the presents yeah um, things like that and you know i don't know if you like me included it this in this but i'll say so like last week i was on my period and like i really struggled like physically and mentally during that week mm-hmm. and barely any housework got got done um because I didn't do it and basically I was saying I was talking to Martin about it the other day and he was saying do you know what I actually kind of like that that week because it means like you know you're not sort of asking me to do anything and I think that's great but you need to step up and it shouldn't always be me and it shouldn't be it shouldn't always be women saying 
Oh, you're doing the food shop. Oh, put the dishwasher on while you get that washing out the machine. It should be men doing them little everyday tasks as equals in a relationship and a partnership so that then women can go and focus on the other things that they want to achieve in their careers because they're not bogged down with the emotional labour of, you know, running a household. It should be a 50-50 split. And do you know what I mean? And yeah, I'm not saying that this is like a... This has happened in every situation. So as I've spoken about before, so my mum died as a child, so my dad raised me by myself and I saw my dad do everything, you know. He was he was the only parent. He cooked, cleaned, you know. He was ironing my school shirt. So I'm not saying that. And there may be situations where, you know, the man does everything around the house, perhaps. So yeah. it's not always a... Um, this isn't a... You know, this isn't like a representative as an example of total society, but I do think from what I've read, studies that I've, yeah. you know, and and the experiences I've seen firsthand from friends and family that actually this does happen a lot of the time. Yeah. So it's about where it's just about men going. Oh, do you know what? I'm not going to wait for her to say, "Can you do this or can you do that?" And I'm actually going to do it, do it myself. Yeah. And I'm going to take that equal balance. Does that make sense? No, I think it completely does. Because I do agree with you as well. Like, even though you've got the situations that aren't like that, they're lesser than the ones that are. Like, the assumption is there because it happens so often. And it is that thing of, like, we've, you know, we touched on it previously, but, like, we've lived in a world where that's the way that it is. You know, mm-hmm. like, it's the same as, like, women get stuck with the children because men can run off and get a new wife way easier than she can go off and get a new husband. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. just, it, it, in so many ways, it is massively stacked against you, isn't it? And as well, like, I, I think particularly for us as, like, Christian women as well, like, you see, people take the Bible oh, where they're like, don't. oh, my goodness, you're, like, you're supposed to submit to your husband, you're supposed oh. to, like, all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, do you know what? I get that. I get that we're different, and I get that within that there are probably ultimately different goals. Like a man's never gonna make a baby like a woman does, you know that, and and yeah. that that's different, and and that kind. So I I see all that, but also like just the whole thing of where like God literally made Eve from Adam's rib, like out of his side. You know, I saw some really cool thing once. And I'm not, I'm going to absolutely butcher it because I can't remember it, but it was written wonderfully. But it was saying, like, you know, they didn't take her out of his foot so he could stand on her. Or, like, and it goes through loads of different body parts, being, like, he didn't take her out of, like, his hands so he could, like, be dragging her along or, you know, anything like that. Yeah, yeah. They took her out of his side to stand next to him. Yeah. Like, you are together and you are, as you said, it's a partnership. So, absolutely, things are going to ebb and flow and going to be a bit different. But ultimately, if you both want to have a nice life and do things, you've got to be doing it together. Otherwise, you're just letting the side down, aren't you, really? Exactly. And I think a lot of, like, I think a lot of that, it's not intentional. I'm, yeah. I do think, like, a lot of it is probably that you know men or whoever like they just think differently and have different thought patterns or not even men but like my personality type I'm a planner yeah that that's just who I am so I'm always on the next thing and you know I appreciate that at times that's hard to be 
in a relationship with because you're always on to the next thing and you're always moving ahead and you probably can't live in the moment because you're always like, oh, what are we doing next Tuesday? Yeah. And like, that's just who I am as a person. So I am probably always going to maybe take more of a share of them things around the house or planning or organisation because it's just who I am. And even if I wasn't, you know, even if I wasn't married, I'd still be sort of like leading that forward. And that's just who I am. But yeah. I think it's about people going well, okay, maybe I struggle with that, but maybe today I can write a list of, you know, 10 things to help out the woman in my life. And it doesn't have to be your partner. It can be your sister. It can be your mum. It can be your auntie. Yeah. It can be whoever, but it's about like, it's about, I suppose it's about, it's about those who are already privileged, appreciating, you know, the easy things that they could maybe do to take the mind off, to take a load off someone else so then they can focus on their career or a passion or something else. Does that make sense? Yeah, like it's, it, it's one of those things where just because that's the way it always was doesn't mean it's the best way and it has to stay that way. Mm-hmm. And also, like, you can make a difference. So just do, please. You know, it, it is yeah. it is an ask, isn't it, really? Because, um, yeah, because, I mean, it reminds me, like, so obviously when, like, the when Sarah Everard um, was killed and stuff, not far from here and whatever, and I was, so I, I've mentioned before, I've got two fat mates, one, one boy and one girl, um, and I was talking to my male flatmate about it, and he was saying like that he'd reached out to the women at work, um, that well, like his mate, female mates at work, and it said, oh, if you're ever uncomfortable or something, you or you ever have, to, you've got my number, just ring me, and even if you just want to talk to me till you get home, I'm fine with it. And he's like, and he said to me like, oh, I was gonna tell you and our other flatmates as well, but it was one of them where like. I would do that anyway because he, he he's a he's a nice enough lad that I trust him to do, like you know come and pick us up or whatever yeah. if, if needed and stuff. But it's little things like that where you just kind of have to realize it a bit. Like that's that's how you help people. Like you know it, it it's noticing. Do you know what actually there are some situations where it's a little bit harder purely because you're a woman. Like I'm scarier than most things that you'll find in the dark when you get me going. That's fine. <laughs> but like when you get. <laughs> If I'm annoyed, we're gone. But like, yeah. you know, it, it is that. But ultimately, you know, if I've been out and I've had a couple of drinks and I'm like walking home or something, you know, I'm more vulnerable than if he's been out and had a couple of drinks yeah. and is walking home. So it's it's just recognizing that, like when he's, you know, when he says stuff like that, he's not saying, oh, it's this is because you're incapable, Laura. This is because I know how vulnerable you are and like you can't look after yourself. It's literally just saying, unfortunately, the world is a certain way. I can make it a little bit better, so I'm going to choose to. And I think that's the point of all of it, isn't it, really? Like, it, 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 it is just that thing of, do you know what? It's a bit hard anyway. It can be a little bit crap. I know. I'll make it better. What can I choose to do today that makes the world a better or an easier or a nicer place for somebody else? That's all it is, isn't it? Just being a nice human. Exactly. Like, it baffles, do you know what one of the biggest things that baffles me about america and like a lot of things baffle me about america oh, let's yeah. be honest but <laughs> yeah. like the their like maternity leave is a pile of shite they don't get it do they no basically don't like you get people because of like money and stuff who will go back to work two weeks after giving birth and i'm like from an inter- institutional standpoint you need to be ashamed of yourself like that is absolutely horrendous i haven't given birth yet but like i've watched one born every minute i don't know when i'm moving after doing that like honestly but it's not going to be two weeks like <laughs> that looks horrific <laughs> but 
you know, so it's stuff like that where I just think you've literally built a system where you're against, you are against women in that. You just absolutely are. And it's horrendous. Um, and as well, like I've seen, I've seen so many different um, sort of policies coming out at the moment where they're saying about like making a big deal of, oh, we'll now include better adoption leave. Oh, we'll now also include extended leave if you have a miscarriage. I'm like, these things have been going on for centuries. Like, as long as women have been making babies, they've been having miscarriages. And you're now just thinking about it and selling it as a bonus. No. I know, yeah, as a bonus, like, as a way to attract, attract employees. Like, it should be, like, ugh, it should just be a thing. Because we keep coming back to this point, Laura, like, we're all just humans. Literally. Why don't we treat each other like humans? Literally. And as well, like, it annoys me as well that so many of those things tend to be about women having children too like so this is november 2019 i went to as part of my current role i went to the cbi conference which um it's like a big businesses thing in the uk um and through that i was chosen to ask our prime minister boris johnson a question and i said to him um like, because actually the where I work, we we got we we happen to have quite a good balance in terms of like female representation, you know, on the board and things like that. So I and I said that to you, I was like, so you know, it's great that we've got you know X amount percentage of our board is female, all these sorts of things, but that's not the same in every organisation. Um, you know, what would you do as a party to ensure that representation and that encouragement for women in the workplace to strive for those higher roles? Like, why should I stay in the UK to do that? Particularly when we're looking at leaving the EU. You know, see, you've got a better life for a woman because, you know. So that was basically my question. And he buffooned his way through an answer. I was just about to say, was he like, well, well Laura, that, that's, a, that, that's a very yeah. great question. That, that, thanks, Laura. Oh, so, uh, well, what I think... It, oh, I hate him. He's just really... But that's actually what he did. But do you know what he did? So he, got, he he went through it and he was like, well, yeah, so like, that's a very good question. Yes, uh, thank you for asking me that. You know, we have to we have to help women and uh, women should definitely be in the workplace and they should certainly be encouraged. And she was making cheap childcare. And then moved on. <laughs> yeah. And I was just sat there thinking, what? Mm. Like, oh, so you're going to pat me on the back and then tell me it's okay that I had a baby? What if I don't want one? Do I not get and supported then, exactly. now because I don't want to have a kid? But I still have problems that men don't have. Like, exactly. It's ridiculous. And it's all this thing. Like I, like, I saw this meme the other day even where it was a picture of a teacher who had a, a curvaceous figure um, and she was wearing a, a fitted dress, which was, you know, just like a shift dress, but you could see her figure in it. And it had the picture where she was bent over a student, like, to help them with something. And um, behind her, were, or, like, next to her, was a young boy just basically looking at her ass, and then people were commenting on it like, "Oh, she shouldn't wear that to school." Da 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 da, and I was just like, "But that's not the point either, though." Like, as somebody who also goes in and out, like if I walked around in like baggy t-shirts and stuff like that, trust me now, I'd look far more scruffy than when I put oh, something yeah. on that fits. And you know yeah. what? I feel better when I've got something on that actually fits me. And I care about how I feel 
far more than I care about what you need to look at. Like, I don't care what you're looking at. If you can't listen to me through that and you can't respect me through that, sounds like a you problem. A hundred percent. You know what? Again, it taps on a wider issue, that doesn't it? But, like, yeah, like, men don't get told off for, like, wearing trousers that are too shapely around the bum, do they? That's never no. considered as distraction. But, like, I, does it, you know what? Coming on to this point, there's a TikTok. And it's so true, but it, it basically like, sings a song and it's like, um, if lesbians don't attack women um, and can control themselves yeah. around other women, you know, maybe it's not a, like a an attractive to women issue. Maybe it's just a man issue. <laughs> and it's so It's that Y chromosome. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, totally like, whew. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be a better society one day. We're gonna yeah. be a better society one day. It is. It really comes back to our classic thing, doesn't it? It's just like, do you know what? Check your privilege. Don't be a dick. And if you can help, please just go for it. Never need to record another podcast again, Lord. I will just say that <laughs> for episode nine and be done with it, won't we? That's our slogan for when we come out with our political party sorted. <sighs> yeah, Boris Johnson, man, what an absolute toss pot. Ugh. Oh, he's just... But this, do you know what baffles me with him as well, though? So, do you know... Um, is it Nazarene? Um, the woman oh, who's yeah, been... Oh, yeah, yeah. She's just been sentenced again for another bloody year. Do you know what got her there in the first place? You, Boris yeah, Johnson is foreign, foreign secretary, secretary misspeaking. Like, the man cannot talk. He's just, do you know what annoys me as well about... I mean, there's many things, but, like, you know when, like... He speaks and he does them coronavirus briefings. It's like he says something and then he like thinks in his head, what a great thing I've just said. <laughs> you can just see it in his face. Like, um, oh, I got that one out. Well done. <laughs> but like, I really want to know, right, what, what has happened behind the scenes to make all of this come out now to look like it's become on a point where he could potentially topple because, you know, that thing about bodies piling up was six months ago. And yeah. you know the flat, the fact the flat, you know whether it was paid by Tory donors' money or not, is such a tiny, minute, in you know insignificant thing into some of the stuff he said, some of the stuff he's did, yeah. and that's not being a thing. So I want to know how he's pissed Rupert Murdoch off to make the papers turn on him because basically the UK media's run isn't it by like five or so white old men. Yeah. So I really want to know what Boris Johnson's done because they've supported him all this time and suddenly. The tide just turned, and I really want to know why. I want to know who's waiting in the wings to take over. Because usually you can tell. And so, like, for example, with David Cameron, because obviously the whole Brexit thing only really got legs because Boris Johnson jumped on it because that was his prime ministerial, you know, effort. Yeah, and Cameron thought he was safe. That's why he did the Brexit vote in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> So because of all... So, but, but yeah, so within that, though, you can usually see what's coming next. Like when, when, um, when Tony Blair went, you knew it was going to be Gordon Brown. Then you knew it was going to be Miller bands were going to be going for it and all that kind of stuff. So you can usually see, and I don't know if it's just because like I'm getting a bit over the news, but I definitely do pay attention to what's going on, but I don't, I can't pick who's going to, I mean, if you said to me, like, give me three Tories that will like run for it, I could probably guess, but I just don't feel like, you know, there's someone pushing yeah. it's really curious isn't it yeah because don't you think matt hancock and who's the other fella oh what's his face gove no not gove the one that looks like is it dominic grieve 
the one that looks like Matt Hancock, they look like the same man. Oh, yeah. They're all just a bit hopeless, aren't they? I mean, yeah. And, uh, you know, again, totally not related to the podcast, but Keir Starmer as well. What's he playing that Mr. Sit on the Fence? The leader of the opposition is not supposed to sit on the fence. Just... But this is the thing, because I, I fully, I understood his whole initial stance of, this coronavirus yeah. thing is basically like yes. when you go to war and you don't dick on the people in charge when you're at war because this is, yes. you know, a united kingdom. We show yes. a front and we rise against the enemy and all yes. of that stuff. I get that. I yeah, understood that. But we are past that, okay? Exactly. And you've got empirical evidence that you could say we would have done this differently. Like, I'm not being funny. You can't start your campaign for 2024 in 2023 when you're going through what we're going through now because people are going to look back on this and people never look back accurately. So you've got to make the motions now and you've got to make a point. And he's just yeah, Exactly. Whatever you think about Jeremy Corbyn, you know, whatever happens and whether you, you know, you agree with the evidence that the Labour Party was sabotaged from the inside out, whether you agree with that or not, the fact is, like... Labour lost more votes than they've lost for however long yeah. before. So they're in a weaker position than ever. And you don't get anywhere by being, you know, sucking up, do you? Anyway, that's enough um, <laughs> news night talk for this week. Or question, question time. Question time is now over. Let's move on to our question time. <laughs> Very good, Laura. Very good. <laughs> Fiona Bruce is going to get a job stolen. Thanks. Um, so Jess, my question for you this week is how do you feel about positive discrimination and diversity quotas? So I feel like I've got like I feel a mixed bag on this one really. And I suppose like I imagine a lot of people would. So I think it's really great that we're in a place where we're recognizing that things need to be done to bring you know, about more equal and inclusive workforces. And I think that's really good. And I think it needs to be done because, you know, I think what Black Lives Matter last year, what really showed me is that I've, I'm not a racist person and I've always thought I'm not a racist person. I don't think like that. I don't behave like that. I would never think that about that person. How can someone ever think that about that person? You know, I've, I've, I've never thought that way but what it made me realize is that it's not about being not racist is it it's about being anti-racist and being actively being active in you know calling stuff out and the one thing as well which is which is a big thing is that I heard before before Black Lives Matter came you know was a big thing last year is that people would say but I don't see color and I would probably think I, I don't see that too because I treat everyone the same and I mm-hmm. believe in equality and I believe that we should all have equal rights. And, you know, I'd never I'd never look at someone and think, oh, you can't do this or you can't do that or whatever. But what Black Lives Matter made me realise is that actually you have to respect people's value and see people's colour be- and colour or um, gender, status or sexual orientation. You have to see it because chances are there's been a struggle there because they're not they're different in some way and you have to respect and acknowledge that actually things need to be done to progress them in the workplace or in another situation so I think they're really important and we have to recognize where you know where there's not movement and where there's not growth and we do have to encourage that growth yeah but at the same time it's difficult isn't it because it's about picking it's about 
picking the best person for the job and the right up and it's about that to you know I suppose there's measures in place that people do isn't it so maybe it's about how we go about positive discrimination and them diversity quotas is the fact that you know now they do job applications where they take all the names off and they take any sort of like individual characteristics off so really you're just picking from you know what the cv tells you you yeah. don't know them details and now i've heard a lot about um people with like ethnic names are like so much more less likely to be given a job or even to get an interview which is which is awful but obviously it is happening yeah so things like that isn't it do we do something like that or i don't know i just think maybe we need to get to a place where we you know say you know that there's a lot of men in senior positions where i work and maybe they need to think do you know what maybe that man that i've hired that that that, say there's a man and a woman um interviewing for a position or you know you've got someone um or you know a sort of a different factor there yeah maybe they need to go do you know what i know that that man could do that job 90 percent of the way that i want it to be but I and I think that woman could do it eighty percent as good. Maybe we just need to give people a chance. Maybe yeah. it's about hiring someone with and giving them room to grow and that chance to develop. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But I think sometimes, and this is a bigger factor, not just about discrimination, but I think when it comes to giving someone a job or a role, sometimes it's the person who wants it the most and is willing to work for it the most. Yeah. It's going to be so much better than the person that can already do it on paper and could probably, has got another, you know, 10 jobs that they could go to. I think it's like, it's providing people that growth, isn't it? But I think, I think it's definitely good to recognise that we need to be improving diversity. And I think, yeah, I think it's just finding a balance that they exist for a reason and we should be working towards it. But it's how we go about it and it's, you know, what we do with it. No, I completely agree. I think that makes loads of sense. Um, and I think as well, like, it's maybe sometimes with the quotas and, like, the, the action around it, it's saying we need to do that now to catch ourselves up, but it's not a forever approach. Mm, yes, yeah, and then, that's a good, really good point. And, like, and, you know, and it doesn't have to be that, I don't know. Like, I think, really, you just need to look at, well, what's the makeup of the country that's what the makeup of every board should be. Do you know what I mean? Oh, so, yes, like, if yes. you've got a country where it's 50-50, because it's, it's usually something isn't, like, 51% women, 49% men or something, yeah, yeah. and then from that you've got, like, 3% are black, and then you've got, like, 2%. That's what, I think, you know, where you are, you should try and replicate the country that you're in, like, whatever business is. You've got the guidance there. I don't think it has to be, like, more aggressive than that. And I think that's, yeah, it's... Yeah, you're right. It's, it is just how you do it. And it's, and it's not to attack, like, you know, white men either. Because, like, for me, like, my dad was um, principal of a sixth form college. And he is a white man. But I know he did an incredible job. And, like, I, yeah. I wouldn't want to take that away from him. No. And, like, it's not that he didn't deserve it and wasn't amazing at it. He absolutely was. Um, so, it, it but... If they'd chosen him because he was... It, it's that, like, intention behind it, isn't it? Like, was he chosen because they knew he was going to be as good as he was? Or did they choose him because they was a white he was a white man? Or did that play into it at all? And therefore, he felt like, 
a safer choice. Because if that's the case, that's wrong. I love what you said about it's almost like a board should make up how society actually looks. And I feel like that would benefit companies so much because I feel like even from a commercial point of view, there's opportunities out there that people could be targeting or playing about or say they know that there's a certain, you know, requirement or a need for something in a certain ethnic community or a faith or something like that. If if people at board level have got that knowledge, that gets fed down and ultimately that helps customers or consumers or whoever and ultimately it makes you know it it makes profit it makes more yeah, profit yeah. when we're, we're more represented representational of society yeah so like it make that that's such a good idea yeah like you're for the people so you should be of the people <laughs> again laura smashed it out the car <laughs> i love this i really feel like we're creating our own political party via this podcast i'm really proud of us and I can't wait to rule the world with you. Me neither. (laughs) (laughs) Fab. Okay, so my question for you then, I suppose it sort of is related to what we've spoken about tonight. Um, So a bit of a maybe controversial one here, but I'm really interested to know your honest thoughts. It's going to be dangerous. As great as feminism is and feminism is brilliant, do you feel in any way it's lessened women's life choices in the fact that women now have to be defined by work and work alone? So, for example, in the in the 40s or the 50s, say you got married, you just wouldn't have a job and that would be fine. But now, imagine if you got married, Laura, and you just, just quit your job and didn't work. Like, and that would be seen as like, oh, she's got no value in society, whatever. Like, she has to work. Like, women must be career women. Like... Do you feel like in some way it's it's lessened women's choices? What what do you think? I think people don't understand what feminism means because they get really offended by the fact it's got the word fem in it. Oh. Okay? Yeah. So yeah. the whole point of feminism is gender equality. It went with the feminine feminine angle because it was kickstarted mostly around suffrage movements, which was to do with um, votes for women because it was it was women who didn't have the vote. Essentially, I mean, there were a lot of men who didn't as well. Um, but but that's kind of what it was. Like you know, when you look back at like oh you know the uprisings of women and all that kind of stuff, absolutely. You've got your incredible women of more ancient times, like Boudicca-led armies, Joan of Arc did, Cleopatra was, like, your head woman of Egypt, um, all those sorts of, like, great things. But really, in those sort of, like, modern thinkings of it, it was your suffrage movements of the early 1900s. Um, but that is literally it. Like, it, it's not it's not, a, it's not any deeper than that. The, that word kind of came into it just because of the action that kicked it off. It is about being treated equally. Um, and I think that that needs to be it. We need to get over this whole thing of, like, you know, as you were saying, okay, so if I if I want to be a housewife and that's it, oh, but I'm not a feminist. You want me? Like, but, oh, no, I, I'm a career woman. Oh, that means you're a feminist. It's literally not how it works and it's not what it means either at all. Um, so... I think I think we really need to be careful because unfortunately and this happens with a lot of like societal movements and beliefs but you end up almost not being happy with what the original thing set out for so we are at a point now now you know 
I'm not set oh, like our our voting system in the UK, and I'm only going to talk about the UK because I feel like if we start getting into other countries, I I'll lose it a little We're bit. We're not qualified, are we? No. Um, I did pay attention in my history classes, but even then, it's still like very, it's yeah. it's not great. So in the UK, pretty much if you're over eighteen, you get a vote. Now I know there are some people that don't and i know that there's some people who are hindered and things you know particularly by disability and they're not supported to vote and all those sorts of things i see that and i understand it and i'm not ignoring it but in the vast majority you get to vote if you're over 18 in this country right so that's fine we kind of we kind of got that original point and then from there we've been able to use the vote to get things like the Equal Pay Act to then campaign to have things put into law where, you know, we are changing things up in terms of maternity leave, paternity leave, um, as much as, you know, we're rolling our eyes at and stuff, but they are starting to think about adoption. There are companies that are now like, you know, if a woman needs a couple of days off in a month, we understand it. Like, you know, those sorts of things. And that's all kind of happening because of that very original thing. So we've, it hasn't all happened overnight and there's still a long way to go. But to be honest, what we wanted, and I'm saying this in inverted commas, realising that actually you won't get to see me when I when you listen to this, but, <laughs> you know, what was originally, like, campaigned for and asked for and expected and all those sorts of things, we are steadily starting to tick off. However, there is a dissatisfaction with that and there's a group of people, namely women, who... You, you, you kind of take it that bit further. And I think that lessens it more than anything because I think people then go, oh, well, if you're not screaming in my face about it, then that means you don't care about it. And it's like, no, 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 no. I, I care massively, but I care about what the cause actually is. Not spitting me dummy out of the pan because it didn't happen overnight. I think that's what it is. It's just, I don't... It's it's a hard one because I don't ever want to say to somebody like, oh, if you care like you care about something, but shut up about it. Like if you care about it, go for it. Um, and certainly, you know, we have reason to like where we, you know, as as we discuss like violence against women and things like that. You know, when everything happened with Sarah Everard, a lot of people turn around and like, oh, but it's really rare. You know, it's not that common. Actually, every three days, a woman dies because of domestic violence. Um, you know, so there's, we definitely do still have a long way to go and we definitely do still have things to be angry about. I just, I think you lessen your own cause when you're disrespectful about it. It's like, you have to look at where you're actually going to win. Um, you know, it's like, for example, like, potentially a bit of an odd example, but I mean it in the right way. Like, in Northern Ireland, you had the IRA who was making that point in the way that they they did and and have done. Um, but actually, like the whole part of uh, well, a lot of like the Good Friday Agreement and the peace process and stuff was because they developed themselves into Sinn Fein, so they could actually have a political party because they realised, you know what, this isn't about having a war on the streets and disrupting our hometown and all those sorts of things. We need to get into government and we need to organise these things and we need to be represented and we need to be looked after and we need to make sure that our people are as part of the country as other people are as part of the country. You know, it, it, it's, it's literally just representation in the legitimate on scale way. And I think so that's it really. It's like it's not, you know, we need to make points and all those sorts of things. And that's what's so upsetting about people like Pretty Patel because... 
you're like you're you're in the legitimate way you're doing it right you are in the space where you need you know where you can make these changes and you can look after us and all those sorts of stuff and then you just don't bloody do it I think that lessens feminism far more than somebody who has actively chosen to stay at home and raise her children and cook dinner for her husband rather than go to work yeah no I agree yeah I agree (laughs) strong ended We've talked, we've talked about <laughs> politics so much tonight. I know. But I'm totally okay with it. <laughs> I, I feel like I should just caveat, all my opinions are my own opinions and not my <laughs> employer's opinions. I'm 100% speaking for myself. I do not speak for any organisations or causes that I am affiliated with. No, and ultimately, like, I will be nice to and polite to absolutely anybody ever in the world, whatever you think and believe. It's just that I am passionate about certain things and we all want the world to improve and I've got opinions on how we can improve. Yeah, and I'm also a people pleaser, so, like, I'd probably be nice to Boris Johnson's face. (laughs) (sighs) I'll chuck water on anyone who's on fire, but I might not give you a Christmas card. You'll give them a Christmas card. (laughs) So, Laura, to end us, let's hear your um, empowerment notes. And I'm really glad you put something in the spreadsheet because I think yesterday... You never did, you? Neither, do you know what? I don't have anything empowering to end us on, really. So I'm glad you're taking the reins for this one. Well, so last time I did a little bit of a longer poem, which I really loved. And then this time, um, I'm sticking with the poetry, but it's just a bit shorter. Um because obviously I'm a learned, creative and culturally aware human. Shall I read my uh, one of my poems at the end of a podcast? I'm joking. I would never do that. Ever. Do it. No, do thank it, you. Do no, it, thank you. Do it. Do it. No, because do I, do do I don't know how to write poetry. I just write, I just write words. It. Yeah, but you know, because like they don't rhyme, you feel like Mr. Brame's going to tell you off. Have you read this one that I've said for this week? It doesn't rhyme. Repeat core. Core, Cal. Cool. I, doesn't matter. I know, but what I mean is poetry. It's like we write poems as kids in schools, and then it's like, how do you know you've wrote a good poem? It rhymes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, you got to grow up, mate. Uh, well, I've wrote two poems. Probably, probably shit. <laughs> the empowering. Um. Yeah, they are actually. Yeah. Right, so next time then? Uh, we'll see. See how I feel about releasing that type of work to the world. I'm not quite sure. I believe in you already. Thanks, thanks girl. Thanks. Go on. You, you um, keep But yeah, so this is from Rupi Um, I don't know if you know her, Jess. Oh, no, it's Ed's well. I was on the phone to her last week. Sorry. <laughs> um, I, I, <laughs> I love you. Um, so... I've seen loads of her work on Twitter. Okay, yeah. Not Twitter. I'm lying. I'm I'm on Pinterest. I'm on Pinterest. Oh, is it? Yeah, I'm on Pinterest. Uh, to be fair, I thought it was like some like um man from like the 14th century. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> but it's not. It's not. So yeah. Anyway. Nah, she's like about Ari. <laughs> I'm very much alive now. <laughs> Oh, do oh I mean goodness, do I mean Rumi? Oh no, no. This is this is a different. This is not Rumi. I know Rumi. No, this but is Rupi. Yeah, but it's Rumi from like the 14th century. Think so. Actually. Well, maybe that might be right. That's why then. <laughs> but like, I'm totally. I'm here with Rupi. Come on, tell me what yeah. she's made of. 
<laughs> so she does she yeah she it's one of them where like i think she started on instagram um and basically she illustrates her own poetry and she does quite a variety of it and then from that she got like really popular and has now got books out and all those sorts of things um and yeah i just i quite love what she writes she's very she's very much feminist um and you know she's just really honest and pure and relatable um and <clears throat> yeah i was when i was looking for a bit of inspo on um what we could do for our empowerment affirmation i just went straight to her page and i had a flick through and i was like you know what are we saying this is what she's saying what's the greatest lesson a woman can learn that since day one she's already had everything she needs within herself it's the world that convinced her she did not and I thought that was bang on for what we're talking about today, especially and stuff, because it is that whole thing of it's about what the world puts on you, not what you give out yourself. Like, if you know yourself and you've got yourself, then, like, you're going to be sound. Yeah, I wish I could unlearn all of the societal expectations that I have picked up accidentally yes. and the misogyny yes. that's so ingrained yeah. in me. Yes. Uh, that internalised yeah. misogyny, just it's so frustrating. But it goes, have you ever heard the thing go, it's like the first thought you had is the one that society taught you, the second thing, thought you have is the one that you actually mean. Oh no, but I, I, that makes sense. Yeah, so it's like, because I've done it before, like I think we've all done it, like say for example you see a woman who is, you know, dressed in like not much clothing or something and you do that minute of like, oh really? But then next thought I'm like, fair girl, like do you know yeah. what, fair play oh, girl, you look good. Yeah. Happy for you. Do that all and it's, it's that thing of, you, we need to have the second thought as the only thought because do you know what if someone's happy i'm happy for them yeah, yeah it's like when a woman is like um bold in the workplace or she speaks the truth or whatever and you think in your brain hmm, she's a bit she's a bit full of herself isn't she and mm-hmm. you think no she's just a confident capable woman speaking her mind in a way that any man would and then, yeah, exactly. you've got to reprogram your brain, haven't you? But yeah, we're all capable. Go out there and do the things you want to do because we believe in you. And um, we're your hype girls 24-7. 110000000 percent. And if you want us to hype you, get in touch with us at jesscorgren.co.uk on Instagram or lauramitsworld13 on Instagram. Or use the hashtag thriving while nine to five in. We would love to hear from you as always. Just get in touch with us. Um, and if you are listening on Apple Music, then unfortunately you can't listen to Scouse Pretty Rammers, but you can leave us a review. And we would really appreciate it if you Yeah, did. and you can subscribe as well while you're there. You can also subscribe on Spotify. You can probably leave us a review on Spotify as well or wherever you listen. So thank you so much um for listening and we'll be back with another podcast the day after my birthday so i'm just gonna wrap it up and say bye and thanks to evan digital for the production of this podcast